Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our NCAA March Madness preview. And we are back at it with another preview of March Madness. One year ago, we recorded this episode with All Facts Media. Today, we are back at it again with one half of All Facts Media. So, please welcome back to the podcast, Ace Robinson. What's up, fellas, man? Glad to be back. Best time of the year. You know what I'm saying? So excited to talk some hoops. And let's get right into it because, again, a lot to break down with this tournament. A lot of very interesting matchups as well. So, let's start with our initial thoughts. Following Selection Sunday, Ace, I'll start with you. What were your initial reactions or thoughts once the bracket was released, whether it was a specific matchup that stood out, team that didn't make a cut, uh, seeding that you thought was questionable? Yeah, to be honest, I think this was the best job that uh, the selection committee had done in a while um, as far as as far as far who got in and who got out. Like, I know there were a lot of gripes about uh, like where teams got seeded and the region and this and that. And, I, and you know, we, we actually had a bracketologist, Lucas Harkins, come on to our podcast, the auto bid uh, for this week. So, um, he offered a whole lot of insight about, you know, that type of stuff. What was, you know, some of the things that went wrong or some of the things that um, that he, you know, think made sense. And for me personally, I think as far as who got in and who got out, I I, I had no problems with it. Because, like, the biggest qualm that a lot of people had, I think, was Texas A&M. And just me personally looking at them, I don't think that they were a tournament team. Like, if you look at them, just their whole body of work, like, throughout from November to now, obviously we know they had, you know, three huge wins in, in, in the SEC tournament. They beat Alabama. Um, the week before, the a couple of days before the tournament started. So they had, like, four huge wins um, in a span of about 11 days. So that was that was obviously the thing that people were like, all right, like, a lot of people had them on the inside of the tournament. But for me personally, just looking at them throughout the year, like, they weren't, they weren't a team that said, okay, this is one of the, you know, 32 best at-large teams in the country. Like, they never really struck me as that. So I wasn't personally upset that they, that they didn't get in. Um, I think that, that, that Wake, Wake, Wake Forest – in my opinion, um, deserve to be. I think I think they were one of the best at-large teams. I think I saw Notre Dame got in. I, I know I think the only reason that they got in was that one that they had in non-conference over Kentucky. That was eventually, you know, what ended up getting them in the tournament. And Wake Forest played absolutely nobody in the non-conference, which, you know, I think I think um, Steve Forth probably um, ended up having a better team that he thought he was going to have. So um, he didn't schedule as aggressively as he probably should have. So I know going down the line, that's something that he'll probably fix. But um, I would like to see Wake Forest in the tournament. They beat North Carolina by 20. They beat Virginia Tech by, like, 20. Um, and they beat Notre Dame head-to-head, you know. So, I'm like, if you look at all of that, um, I, I know Notre Dame had a better record in the ACC. Um, but Wake Forest had a better overall record. And, obviously, a lot of that probably had to do with the non-conference. But those are probably my only two qualms. But, I'm, I'm, um, I mean, I'm not really super upset that, you know, Wake Forest didn't get injured because of the non-conference schedule that, that they played. And, again, I don't think AM deserved to be in the tournament. So, um, I really didn't have too many qualms as far as the, the committee. Uh, I, I, people, I know people were upset about Tennessee being a three seed, but being a three and being a two isn't that isn't that much of a difference. And they got to be a, in the South, which I think was more important to them. Than if they ended up being a two in, on the West Coast or something like that, like you, you're, you're going to have the, the regional um, somewhere where you can get your fans to and stuff. So, yeah, I think they ended up working out for the most part. Jalen, it's interesting that East brings up Texas A&M. Uh, we actually had Texas A&M as our first four in team when we did our first four in, first four out predictions episode. And then Wake Forest, we thought, were an automatic in before the loss to Boston College. So what are some of your initial reactions to to the March Madness bracket once it was released? And what are your thoughts about Texas A&M not making it this year? Yeah, so I think, because uh, Ace touched on it beforehand, in terms of the overall body of work, we talked about that in the first four in, first four out episode. It was going to be about them making a run. The first the first job that had to get done was beating Florida. We had kept saying it throughout the entire podcast. If they didn't beat Florida, they were going to the NIT off rip, and it didn't really matter what what they had done behind them. Again, like Ace mentioned beforehand, beating Alabama just a couple of days prior. But I thought that their body of work was really starting to get a lot better as the days went along throughout that tournament. And, you know, the way they lost to Tennessee in the SEC tournament probably didn't help. But on top of that, I think the committee doesn't really pay attention to the Sunday uh, the Sunday championship games as much. 
um that's been mentioned on a lot of other podcasts focusing on the bracket i don't necessarily know how true it is i think uh i did listen to an interview from a while back uh from john calipari where he shared his thoughts and he feels a similar way about that tennessee being a three seed to me i didn't have qualms with it my thought was just that okay they're just the best dang three seed on the board that's that would to me because i thought overall they probably had a better overall resume than duke in terms of the in terms of teams that probably would have got not knocked out um for that two seed i thought they had a better resume overall but tennessee being a three seed just makes them the most dangerous three seed in the bracket to me and then i think the main thing that stood out to me is um how they did gonzaga having multiple teams that i've already had a really good shot at them so far this season all in the same bracket memphis alabama boys uh and um and duke excuse me those three all being in that same bracket it definitely makes their road interesting because seeing rematches in the tournament you know it's one thing for conference play when you see like big 10 teams and sec teams run up against each other but these were non-conference matchups um that didn't go in gonzaga's favor so it's going to be interesting to see how they address that uh with a second chance when the chips are you know definitely stacked against them um and they're all pushed to the middle of the table because i mean they got to see either boise state or memphis in the very next round after the first day so you know this could get popping really early those are probably my main things and let's transition to the west region because again a lot of interesting matchups like you mentioned gonzaga in the first round i think they have a tough road right now whoever they uh face in the next round it's either going to be boise state or memphis and i actually made this point on the baller island podcast recently that i think these eight nine matchups are actually the most stacked that we've seen in a while so let's start with the first interesting first round matchup on the board so ace i'll start with you what is the most interesting matchup in the first round in the west region Hmm. I'm going to go with, for this one, I mean, shoot, I mean, you, you mentioned the 8-9 game. I mean, Boise and Memphis is is a is going to be a hell of a game. Um, both of those teams are really good. Memphis has, has found their stride lately, and they've been playing great basketball recently. And then Boise is the regular season and conference champion in the Mountain West, which was a four-bid league this year. So, you know, one of the best leagues in the country this year. Um, so that's going to be a hell of a game, man. And then the winner of that game gets Gonzaga to potentially see you know, Leon Rice, who's the head coach at Boise, going up against, you know, uh, Mark Few, who was his old boss. Obviously, spent a lot of time there at Gonzaga. So, that will be a heck of a game to see them. Boise's an elite defensive team, um, have a lot of length. Um, so, I think that could be an interesting matchup for, for Gonzaga. And Memphis could, too, just because of the talent that they have on that roster. So, um, I think I think you mentioned there's a lot of good 8-9 matchups um, this year. I know we'll talk about a couple of them later. But that one is a matchup that I'm, that I'm definitely looking forward to um, in, in that region. Jalen, so the idea that, you know, the, the West region has been so stacked so far, there's teams like Davidson in there, there's Michigan State, there's one of your favorite teams in Texas uh, Texas Tech in that region as well, a team that you think could end up making the Final Four. So um, what are some of your thoughts on the West region and what is the most interesting matchup in the first round? Yeah, man. So, I mean, you know, we'll talk about picks a little bit later on. I'm very high on Texas Tech. I'm going to actually let you do all the talking in terms of Michigan State versus Davidson. That's been one of those teams talking about Davidson that you've been really high on. You actually were pretty high on Michigan State, too, when we talked about them earlier in the season. Um, so I, I'm sure you have some pretty interesting thoughts there. The uh, the game for me, though, is Arkansas versus Vermont. I think it's going to be a really interesting game considering that Vermont is no joke. They went through their entire conference tournament pretty much blazed them beat everybody by basically 20 or higher including if you you know if you're a maryland kid umbc down the street for us ryan they got shellacked in, in uh in the tournament final so you know vermont's coming into this with a lot of energy uh ryan davis has been pretty solid down low for them on the interior they've got a couple of other guys uh like uh singo sinogo and those guys in the backcourt and then for arkansas you know, Jalen Williams on the inside, J.D. Note at guard. Like, I think that's going to be one of those interesting matchups. And from a lot of stuff that I've seen, like a lot of people think that that game's going to be a lot closer than than most would, would maybe anticipate. And there's even a lot of places where I'm seeing people favoring Vermont. I haven't made my decision on that just yet, but I definitely would fear Vermont going into the first round. So that's probably the game that I'm looking at the most. 
That's another really good matchup too, because I think Vermont has always flown under the radar. They're always a contender in the America East. Um, and they're always like a 13, 14 seed in the tournament every single year. Of course, there's always a few exceptions with UMBC winning uh, one year, Hartford winning another year. So I think that's very interesting as well. But you mentioned my favorite matchup in the West region, Davidson and Michigan State. I think this, this is a battle between two teams with contrasting styles. I think there's Michigan State, a team that has a lot of size and physicality down low. They do a lot of their damage in the paint. And then, of course, you talk about the efficient shooting of Davidson with players like Foster Lawyer and and Hyung Jung Lee, two of the best shooters in the conference. Personally, I think Davidson is a sleeper in this tournament. I think that they have a chance to make a lot of noise. I think the, the interesting thing is if they beat Michigan State, they have to play Duke in the next round. If they knock off Duke in Coach K's final year, I think that would be a huge victory that puts the entire uh, the entire NCAA on notice. So I think that's my interesting matchup. If you had to pick one upset that you feel confident in, in this region and that you're willing to bet money on ace i'll start with you what upset pick are you are you going to go with there's a couple I, I think the trendy one in this region is vermont over arkansas um just because obviously the experience that, that vermont has had this year um and, and, and experience that some of the guys have played in, in the NCAA tournament obviously um shungu is, is outstanding uh, as a guard uh, isaiah powell also on the wing is very good um ryan davis is Conference player of the year in the American East. They lost in the American East this year. Uh, Ryan Davis didn't play. Um, I had an opportunity to see Vermont when they played Maryland earlier this year, and uh, Shungu was killing them. He's probably, he might have been the best guard on the floor in that game. He had like 20 um, in, in, in that game and was really good. So I, I think he, I think he's he's um, he's somebody that I think is going to be, you know, one of the guys that can, that can potentially raise his stock a lot. I'm not saying he's going to play himself to the NBA or anything like that, but he's going to be a name that people are going to remember. If they can pull that upset off, him and Ryan Davis are two are two names I think are going to have to be key for Vermont. Arkansas is very athletic, so I think that's going to be the one thing that that could mess that could that could challenge Vermont because they haven't seen any physicality like that in the American East um, all year, you know. So and and the athleticism that Arkansas has on their roster that can kind of take them out of what they want to do offensively could be interesting. So that, that's one to watch. Uh, I don't know if I'll put money on it. Same thing with Montana State and Texas Tech, just because of the fact that Texas Tech. Isn't a great offensive team like they? They're an elite, elite defensive team, but they go on these droughts where they just don't score the ball for four or five minutes at a time. And I think you know, in, in the NCAA tournament, if that happens, you let a team like Montana State hang around for a while, and you, you, you let the game get interesting, and late in that game, you start getting some nerves. That could be a game that could that could that could um, be a, that could be an upset there as well. I don't know if I'll put money on either of those, but I think those are two two upsets. I think. Are very likely. I think the one that if I had to pick one that I would that felt better about, I think it would probably be Vermont. But Montana State could definitely pull the upset as well, just because, like I said, just the, the struggles on offense that Texas Tech has had at, at times this year. I know Jalen talked about Vermont a little bit earlier, and the play of Ben Shungu has been what's helped Vermont for the most part get to this point uh, in the season, make the 13th seed in the tournament, and I think that they have a real chance of upsetting Arkansas in the first round. Although Arkansas does have a lot of talent, they do have a lot of athleticism on this team as well, and also a lot of scoring as well with guys like J.D. Note, all these Tony Chris likes. I think that there's a good there's a good uh, mixture of that scoring and athleticism. Jalen, if you had to pick an upset that you feel confident in and put and you are willing to put money on, what upset are you rolling with? To the level of putting money on. I would go with Davidson. I just think that they're going to be in a really interesting spot, really good shooting teams. And that's going to be a theme throughout this podcast. Probably really, really good shooting teams are a team that I feel confident leaning into. Uh, Hung Jung Lee has had a little bit of a dip off in the, um, in the conference tournament, but I think that this is the perfect stage for him to kind of put himself on. Ace, I want to ask you a funny question real quick, because I got to thinking about this over the last 24 to 48 hours. So I know this is not a football podcast, but we're all aware that Tom Brady came out of retirement. Some joke that it's because gas prices are too high. Some joke that he still got a little something, something in him. So with that being the case, right, that really got me thinking when it comes to Duke, this whole farewell tour thing that kind of has taken place throughout this season with Duke has been spoiled on a couple different occasions, right? You talk about the last game against UNC not going their way. You talk about the conference tournament not ending in spectacular fashion for Coach K. And now we're looking at a situation where 
look, I, I'm not necessarily saying that Davidson would beat Duke in the next round, or even if Michigan State advances, that they don't necessarily beat Duke in the next round. But I think those are two teams that are very viable in terms of taking Duke down in the early rounds. Like, what are your thoughts on, like, the future for Duke, depending on how this, like, this season goes? Because I, I think you can't talk about the West region without talking about, like, how much Duke factors in to, like, you know, getting to the Elite Eight and Final Four and what that means for this season. Well, I, I don't know if, if it has anything to do with next year just because of the fact that Coach K retired regardless whether they win this whole thing or not. You know what I'm saying? And regardless of whether they win it or not, Shire still got three top ten players in the country coming in next year, and Derek Lively, Derek Whitehead, and Kyle Sapowski. So gotcha. they're going to be good next year anyways. You know, <laughs> they, 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 I believe they have number one recruiting class. If it's not, then I don't, I don't I know Kentucky has a hell of a recruiting class too, so it might, might be Kentucky has number one. But either way, they have three five-star McDonald's All-American style type players coming in next year. So, you know, they'll they'll be able to – they'll be fine going into next year as long as, you know, obviously it's going to be Shire's first year as a head coach. So that's going to be a learning curve for him. Um, but, I mean, I think for them, man, like, they got a tough draw. Fuck Shevsky, I don't want to be in Gonzaga's bracket. Like, oh, I, just, like <laughs> I don't want to see them again. Obviously they beat him earlier in the year. But, like, I think to beat a team like Gonzaga twice, man, it's going to be a tall task to ask this year for them. You know what I'm saying? So – um, and even if they got to see either, either Davidson or Michigan State, like obviously we've seen Tom Izzo um, and what he does in March. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that Michigan State team was the team that beat Zion in them that year, mm -hmm. um, in, in, a, in a year, a few years back. So they're no stranger to beating Shevsky and beating Duke. And then you mentioned Davidson, just you know, with the way that they shoot the ball, they, they could they could beat anybody on any given night. So um, you know, they got a tough draw, man. They they, they have a tough draw. Uh, and even if Alabama or even even a team like Alabama or Texas Tech, like to see them in a Sweet 16 would be would be a, would be tough. Like they're gonna have they're gonna have obviously we expect them to get past Cal State Fullerton, but after that, like there's no cupcakes for them. If you get if you get Davidson or Michigan State, then you draw Texas Tech or Alabama, then you draw Gonzaga, you know, then you get to the Final Four, and it'll be obviously a great team at, at that point. So, you know, they have their work cut out for them for sure. And uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think it's looking good for Coach K Swan song at this point in time. <laughs> Yeah, so, Ryan, I'm going to pass it back over to you on that one. I just want to get um, his thoughts on that because from an upset standpoint, I feel like the two that we obviously can lean into is, you know, Vermont versus Arkansas, which was mentioned earlier, and Davidson versus Michigan State. I think that Montana State versus Texas Tech is one to watch because I think because everybody views Texas Tech, Tech's defense as so elite, and it's not just viewership. If you check the statistics, it's obviously there. Um, they kind of overlook the offensive uh deficiencies that they have so that's definitely one of those to watch but again if we were talking about putting you know, money if, on if i had to put team. money on one it would definitely be davidson and michigan state yeah. i wasn't even thinking about when i think up to that, i usually be thinking like 12 5 13 4 14 right. i don't even be thinking of like the 10 7 but if, if if i had to put money on one of them it would for sure be that one for yeah. sure david yeah like use like yeah usually within circumstances there you wouldn't even factor those types in but if we're talking about just a money play for it's an upset concern, yeah definitely yeah. But um yeah so uh Ryan I think moving over next I think we got to start getting a little sticky and uh you know pick a uh get our get our picks so I'm gonna pass it back over to you. Let's indeed get our picks because again I think there's a lot of teams that can come out of this region I think with the craziness of this year's tournament and we'll talk about other uh, regions as well with the same idea of how crazy that this tournament can be. Who are you picking to come out of this region? Because, again, a lot of interesting teams. Ace, I'll start with you. I'm going with Gonzaga. I just think they're the best team in the country. I think they're the best team in this bracket. And I was, although they're going to also have a hell of a, a hell of a you know path to get there, they got to see either Memphis or Boise in round 32. And then you're potentially going to see maybe a UConn or a Arkansas in the, in the um, Sweet 16. Um, and then obviously maybe a matchup with Duke in the Elite Eight. Um, that would be that would be a hell of a, a hell of a task, uh, getting through all those teams. So they're gonna have they're gonna have their work cut out for them as well. Um, but I think they're the best team in the country, and I don't think there's too many teams I'll pick to beat them on their best day. So I'm gonna go with Gonzaga to come out of this region. Jalen, what are your thoughts on who you think can come out of this region? Yeah, man. So truthfully, I have to lean with Ace in terms of picking Gonzaga to come out of the region. The team that I would say is just like the team to watch for me is Texas Tech. I talked about them a lot on the Baller Island podcast. So you guys can check that out um, in terms of me getting a little in-depth with my confidence in them. But to put it straightforward, 
I think that they just have a lot of the it factor stuff that you need at this time of the year. And the fact that they've been able to overcome a lot of different stuff so far this season, if you think about it, this, this, their, this is their first season without Chris Beard. They've suffered a lot of significant injuries, and um, in, including Terrence Shannon Jr. earlier in the season, who hasn't been on the floor for them. And they've gotten a lot of solid play from guys like McCuller and those on the inside and everything. And just the fact that they've been able to, like, really forged their identity again towards the latter half of the season, I think was huge. They picked up a lot of big wins throughout the year um, that give me confidence that on a big stage, they'll be a dangerous squad. And, and they did it undermanned um, most of the time. So with that being the case, I, I'm going to go with Gonzaga, but Texas Tech is the team that I feel like if anybody outside of Gonzaga comes out of it, I actually probably have the most confidence in them. I know Duke's probably the most talented team overall, in in the entire bracket but i don't know i just this duke team doesn't feel as imposing as duke teams of the past despite how talented they are and so like i kind of have to lean with the with the guys that i feel like have done it in in big moments and texas tech and gonzaga have both really showed me something so far this year i think gonzaga definitely seems like the go-to pick to come out of this region texas tech is another really solid one i think if they're able to get past montana state I think we'll really see what this team has in store for the rest of the uh, the rest of the region. I'm going to actually go ahead and say Duke to come out of this region. I've been saying that they were my tournament favorites the entire way, and I know that they'll have a tough matchup in the second round with Michigan State or Davidson. There's a good chance I think they can come out of that game, and I think for draft stock purposes, I think two guys that need to make an impact: Paulo Bancaro and AJ Griffin. I think. You know, right now they're two top 10 picks in a couple of the uh, mock drafts that I've looked at. So I think that this is a this is a prove-it tournament for those two guys. So moving on to the South region. So Ace, I'll start with you. What do you think is the most interesting first-round matchup in the South region? I'm going to go with a couple interesting ones in this one. Uh, I'm going to pick Colorado State and Michigan because Colorado State is a team that um, was one of the best teams in Mountain West all season long. Um, one of the best players in the league in David Roddy and one of the best guards in the league, maybe the best guard in the league um, in Isaiah Stevens. Both of those guys are outstanding for Colorado State. And then for Michigan, obviously, you have Hunter Dickinson. They've, they've struggled a lot through the year, but then kind of found their stride at the end of the year, man. And I think Michigan is a team that um, – I mean, look, the, the Big Ten, the Big Ten um, is, is going to have – I mean, look, you got Illinois playing Chattanooga. You got Michigan playing Colorado State. You got Ohio State playing Little Chicago all in this bracket. So, you know, they're going to – we're, we're going to find a lot about the Big Ten in, in this region, man. But I think that's going to be a hell of a matchup, you know, seeing how, you know, David Roddy kind of matches up um, with the Michigan bigs, with, you know, Diabati and with um, Hunter Dickinson. And I think cause, I think he provides an interesting matchup because he can take those guys away from the rim and, and pick and pop and, you know, hit threes and stuff. But then he got to deal with them on the other end. But – I'm very interested to see how that game turns out. I think um, Colorado State definitely um, is, is – is, I won't say – I don't know. I, I think, obviously, they're the higher seed, so you would think that they'd be favoring that matchup. But that, that's going to be a game that I think is going to be tricky in a lot of bracket. I don't think it's going to lean too heavily uh, either way in that one. So, I think that's going to be a really fun game to watch. I agree because I think you look at one of the best players in the Mountain West with David Roddy, great scorer for, the, for Colorado State. On the other side – I think this was a Michigan team that not a lot of people thought were going to make the tournament, especially considering that they lost in the quarterfinal round to Indiana. I think that was a bad look for this team. You know, maybe they didn't have a lot of quality wins in the beginning of the season, but they were able to pick up some late in the season with wins over Purdue and Ohio State, Michigan State as well. So I think that that's going to be a really interesting matchup. Jalen, what do you think is the most interesting first round matchup? Oh, man, to me, it's got to be Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago. That's one of them matchups right there where it's like I was looking at the bracket and I've said this on like I've said this on TikTok. I've said this on podcast like and I feel like it still sticks even a day before the tournament. Ohio State is coming off of being a two seed, getting upset in the first round. 
And this is supposed to be the redemption year, right? EJ Liddell gets a couple talks from the NBA, but comes back, works on himself, does serious damage. And I think he actually put himself in a really solid spot because I think he's a top 25 guy now. And especially in this draft class, that's kind of wonky. I think he's definitely played himself into a really solid position, unlike last year where I think he was slotted more towards the middle of the second round at best. And now you pull Loyola Chicago, who's not going to be a, a tough out by any any stretch. Having that as a 7'10 is, is going to be rough. Now, the big thing for them is that in a lot of the games recently where they kind of fell off, they weren't exactly all the way healthy. And so having guys like Zed Key available and stuff like that, I think is going to really help them. Because on the interior, I mean, them, them missing those guys, I think, really hurt them. Um, in the early going. And I, I think that this is a team that has the ability to really make a little little bit of a run. Malachi Branham's been really good towards the latter half of the season as well. I already talked about EJ to a little to a, a certain extent, but um, I just think they're a really solid team that is going to be going up against a, a squad you'd hate to see on the first day. You know what I mean? Especially when you consider their circumstances. So um. I have Ohio State coming out of that game, but again, that was the first one that really was glaring to me because I was just like, dang, we're talking about the redemption tour for Ohio State, and they pulled one of probably the toughest teams in that region as their very first uh, first matchup um, of the tournament. It's interesting that we talk about Ohio State because when we were going through our first four in first four out episode, a lot of the teams had beaten Ohio State in our first round, our, our first four out selections. I think that's really interesting that Ohio State drew this matchup with, with Loyola Chicago because I think this is a this is a team in Loyola Chicago that has even more to prove than the team last year. I think that this team can make another run to the Sweet 16 if they can knock off Ohio State. And it's interesting because as a 10 seed, I don't know what the uh, the Vegas odds are looking like, but this might be the most favored 10 over 7 matchup in a while. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, um, Ohio State. I mean, um, excuse me, Loyola Chicago is gonna be favoring in, in that game. Like usually, the lines, um, a lot of times they sit in lines for these games uh, of of Kempom, and Kempom currently has um, Loyola Chicago at twenty four and Ohio State at thirty one. So <sighs> Loyola Chicago is likely gonna be favoring this game as a ten seed. So you know, I don't know we're gonna talk about upset picks later, but you know, from a seed standpoint. That would be the one I'll, that I'll put my money on for sure. You know, if, if, if I'll go ahead and get and get it, get that one out the way now. But um, <laughs> if I had to put money on one of these matchups happening, it would, it would definitely be that one for sure. That's definitely the most polarizing matchup, though, because a lot of people are picking Loyola Chicago to defeat uh, Ohio State in the first round. And I think it's maybe based off of prior history because Loyola Chicago has made runs in the NCAA tournament. So I'm very interested to see how that matchup goes. That's actually the that first. Ohio State's been playing terrible. They lost four of their last five games, including to Penn State in the uh, second round of the Big Ten tournament. So they they're not they lost to Nebraska down the stretch, lost to Maryland down down the stretch. Those are three of the worst teams in the Big Ten. So um, they're they're not playing good basketball right now, to say the least. And um, I don't know. I just think at this point in time in March, if you're not playing great basketball, like it's, it's not going to end well for you. I just I just have questions about this team, what they have outside of EJ Liddell. It's, it's, it's Liddell and nothing, you know, honestly, for them. And that's really been the, the, the problem with this team over the past, you know, four or five, eight, four or five games. So I'm worried about them. And I think, you know, it's going to be it's going to be tough for them. So, um, yeah, I think that game, they're, they're in some trouble in that first round matchup. I think the loss of Dwayne Washington hurts, though, too, because he he was a good, uh, you know, he, he made a good pair with E.J. Liddell last year. But they were still knocked out of the first round regardless. They were knocked out of the first round by Oral Roberts, who made their incredible run as well. So I think that this matchup just has just has so many uh, interesting elements to it. Um, but if you had to pick one upset in this region, Ace, I'll start with you. Which upset do you feel you're most confident in that you're willing to bet money on? Yeah, I already told you mine. Little Chicago and Ohio State. That's, that's the one I'm going with. Them dudes, them dudes. I'm, I don't got no faith in Ohio State at all. Like, them dudes haven't been playing well. And, um, you know, now I will say there's always one upset that everybody picks in their bracket that just doesn't end up happening. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, this, 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 probably, this is probably one of them. You know, there's, there's definitely a few. Um, and obviously, the, 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 if I, if I, if I, if I wouldn't go with that one, then 
I think one I feel really good about as well is UAB over Houston at that 12-5 matchup. Houston obviously isn't healthy. Um, Marcus Sash has been out for the year, uh, been out for, for the, most of the year. Um, and Houston, I mean, excuse me, UAB's going to have the best guard on the floor in that matchup. And Jordan Walker, um, he's an outstanding player for UAB. UAB's been, been really good out, uh, in, in Conference USA all year. Um, and they're playing some great basketball right now, having won the Conference USA uh, tournament. So, uh, I think that's another one that I'm feeling really good about in, in that in that uh, in that region. So I think this, I think this region we could see a few upsets. So so um, those are the two that I'm feeling the best about. Jalen, what about you? Uh, what what is your upset pick for this region? Yeah, man, I think the one to put money on is UAB over Houston. That's become a popular pick, uh, especially with Houston being you know undermanned and they're in a situation right now where I mean when you look at their resume overall, they're coming in you know, as conference champs. But I think the interesting thing to look at is like who within their conference really was standing in front of them, right? Memphis, who, yeah, they did get two licks off them earlier on, but I think this team is good enough not to get beat three times by the same squad. And then the other team was probably SMU, who like didn't didn't make the tournament. So, I mean, when you look at that, they didn't really have a crazy path to becoming conference champions. So this is going to be their first real, I think their first real test in a little minute. I mean, last time we saw them, you know, really struggle with the athleticism and pace that Memphis played with. And I think UAB, I don't think they have the same level of athletes, but they definitely play at a really high pace. And of course, like, um, like Ace said earlier, Jordan Walker is going to, he's going to be the, the, the X factor easily in that game, because if he's on one, sometimes it just takes that, right. You know, um, I don't think that Purdue Boilermakers team that had Carson Edwards on it was that good, to be honest, but Carson was on a, another level, throughout that tournament really elevated that overall squad. I think they were good cogs around him, but I think he was the guy who obviously, you know, stirred the drink. And I think that uh, Jelly Walker's in a similar situation with UAB, who's playing some great basketball coming into the tournament, like mentioned before. The other matchup I would probably keep an eye out on, though, is Colorado State versus Michigan. I really think that that's going to be an interesting one. Um, It's a handful of guys on Michigan that really need a dub in the tournament and like not just need the dub, but like they need to play well. Cause if you start talking about things like draft stock, there's a handful of dudes on this team. Musa Diabate being one of them, uh, Caleb Houston being another Hunter Dickinson, obviously in a certain uh, regards, especially cause the big 10, the big 10 bigs are not getting love in the NBA draft, bro. Like if you look at some mock draft boards, there are not many big 10 bigs getting love in the top 20, top 25. Um, so there's some guys from Michigan that really need to like put a stamp, on this season and we didn't mention it with michigan state but like max christie's another one a projected top 15 pick coming into the year and now a guy who slid all the way to like early second round projections so like there's a handful of guys especially from the big 10 that really need a strong tournament michigan versus colorado state if michigan's coming out swinging with the kind of energy and urgency that they're gonna have to come in with that they that they know they need to come in with i think juan howard will have those guys up to play that could be an interesting matchup as well I think another matchup that you guys didn't touch on, Chattanooga and Illinois. I think that there is serious upset potential with this matchup. And I think if you look at when Kofi Coburn is on the floor for Illinois and then when he's off the floor, I think that's a scary difference. And I saw this actually in the Maryland game when Maryland went on the road to Illinois. Maryland started to make a huge comeback in that game when Kofi Coburn was not on the floor. And even in the second game when Kofi Coburn wasn't even there, wasn't even there at all because he was out in that game due to concussion protocol, Maryland took advantage of it. And I think that this is this is a Chattanooga team that has a lot of size. And I think that they they can take over in that second half. And they've been doing it all season long. You saw what happened in the conference tournament final. It was a game-winning three that sent this team to the tournament. So I think that this this team has that upset potential capability. For UAB, I agree with you guys. I think Jordan Jelly Walker is the real deal, and this team scores over eighty points a game. So I'm 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 sold on that upset for sure. Who are you picking to come out of this region? Ace, I'll start with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Arizona uh, to come out of this region. I think you know, especially if Kirk Reese is healthy, because obviously we know he's he's uh, dealing with that ankle injury. He hasn't played since. Um, I think the beginning of the Pac-12 tournament, maybe, maybe even the end of the Pac-12 regular season. So, if he's healthy, then I think I think Arizona comes out. If he's not healthy, um, I don't think they have the talent to come out. Because especially after what I've seen versus UCLA the other day, man, they they, they looked outstanding um, in that win over UCLA in the Pac-12 championship game, man. 
Uh, I think just things that they can do defensively, where they like, like, like to play and get up and down and run. Um, you still have an elite, probably top five, top ten pick in the jab and Ben Matherin. Uh, Coloco is, is, is outstanding at the rim. Tabellas is, is extremely skilled um, in um, in the post, and Dalen Terry just does everything. Rebounds, guards the best player, um, facilitates, scores for himself. They have a lot, um, a lot of talent on that roster, man. They're extremely well coached with Tommy Lloyd. So I think if I had to pick one team to come out of this region, I think it would be Arizona. But if Creasa is not healthy, I think that leaves some room, man, for a team like like a Villanova um, to get out of this to get out of this region. So I think those are my. If I had to pick one, I think it would, it would be Arizona. But if, if Creasa isn't healthy, I think I would go with Villanova. Jalen, who are you going with to come out of this region? Yeah, so I'm going with Arizona too. I kind of hate picking favorites, but again, I always have to slide in a, my secondary team just as a team to watch. Like for me, it's Tennessee. I mentioned it very earlier on the podcast that I feel like they're the most dangerous three seed on the board. I think this is a team that definitely has the the overall talent to make that kind of run. Kennedy Chandler has been playing some really good basketball. Um, They're running the SEC tournament, showed some light to some guys that I feel like really needed to step up in this time um, for their team. And I think that's a huge thing that they're getting a certain level of momentum from some of their role guys at this time specifically. So I think that Tennessee, I, I like Villanova, but I think Tennessee is uh, the biggest threat to me to taking Arizona out. That injury that uh, Ace referred to, I think is going to be a big difference maker. I like Ben Matherin a lot, but I feel like, I feel like with Arizona, the way they've played so far, they're coming in really strong, but I feel like any chink in the armor for them gives opportunity for Villanova or Tennessee. And I think Tennessee is really built to play physically with them. And Arizona got a lot of bigs, but Tennessee, Tennessee knows how to play physical and could do it, you know, for a full, for a full game. So I'm gonna go with them as a backup. I'm going to go with Tennessee to come out of this region because, again, I think this front court matchup, I like Josiah Jordan James and John Fulkerson together. I think they're one of the most dangerous front courts in the country. I think Kennedy Chandler, he's been playing great, like you mentioned, Jalen. I think that Tennessee is another loaded team that I think can come out of this region. I'm not completely sold on Villanova. You know, they have a really short rotation, they only play um, six or seven guys a game. So I don't know how far that's going to take them. Villanova beat the crap out of Tennessee earlier in the year. That's true. Badly. Badly. It wasn't even close. That's true, Ace. But the only thing I would say is, like, you know, in the tournament, that's a tricky situation when you talk about win or go home and you got to see that team a second time. And I would say the thing is, I mean, Tennessee's played a lot of this season with somebody out. Kennedy Chandler missed time. There's certain circumstances like that where I think that this team never really kind of fully actualized itself. I think this is a team that's playing some of his best basketball right now. I'm not arguing against Villanova being a danger, but I think Tennessee has really put themselves in a good light um, over the last couple of days with the way they played in the tournament. Those two teams, though, regardless, one of those two teams is going to be the team, to me, that ends up having to go up against Arizona um, for a Final Four spot. And I think either team has a really solid shot at taking Arizona out. If you had to lean somewhere, though, like we said earlier, I think we'll both probably take Arizona. I think if match just off a matchup standpoint, Tennessee matches up better with Arizona. But I think the thing that Tennessee tries to do is they try to like kind of out tough you, out physical you, and they're not gonna you're not gonna out tough a, a Jay Wright Villanova team. So I think that's the, that's the thing. And Villanova obviously with their guards, um, you know, Colin Gillespie, Justin Moore, and then obviously with, with Slater and Jermaine Samuel, those guys have been playing a lot of games. Won a lot of games, so there's not too many teams that would take over them in the tournament. But you mentioned that the depth and the physicality. I think if they play a team like Arizona, that's where Arizona will have the advantage in, in that matchup. Yeah. So moving on to the East region, Ace, I'll start with you again on this one. What do you think is the most interesting first round matchup? I think it's UNC and Marquette. That that matchup is going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, just UNC, you know, started to turn it around late in the year. Uh, was, was playing some really good basketball, man. And Marquette's team, kind of the opposite. They were playing really good to start the year. And then they didn't have a bad finish to the season. But, you know, I think a lot of the momentum came earlier in the year. But, you know, we know about Shaka Smart and, and what he does in March. Obviously, he had some tough some tough run of the luck at, at Texas. Um, just, but I think, you know, that that's, that just wasn't really a good fit for him. And, you know, as far as the university and the coach. But I think Marquette is – he has his, his type of guys at, at Marquette, man. I think – you know, just junkyard dogs, Daryl Morsell, Justin Lewis, uh, Tyler Kolick, man. All those guys, man, are are, are just tough, um, skilled, man. And those guys are going to play extremely hard. So 
I think them when you match up when you match up them against a team like UNC with you know Armando Baker, Caleb Love, Leaky Black, and you know just the way that they've been playing lately, I think I think you know that, that that's going to be a really intriguing matchup for the right uh, to play Baylor in that round of thirty two. So I'm definitely I definitely think the UNC Marquette game is one that's going to be a lot of fun uh, in, in that region. Jalen, I know you're a huge North Carolina fan. Is this your interesting matchup, or do you have a different one? So I have a different one, but I mean, him bringing that up really like sheds light on just how like big time this game is going to be. Talking about Marquette, they just, I mean, they're just a team that I've watched a lot this year. Ryan, as I've mentioned on the podcast a lot, I've tried to uplift the Big East a lot this season. I was really high on Providence, a team that I'm coming down on, you know, by the day, unfortunately. But like, I think if UNC is able to get past Marquette. I think they are a really good matchup against Baylor. Baylor is in a situation right now, you know, they're going into the tournament without their, I mean, I don't know if he's a, their best pe- player, but he's their leading scorer, talking about LJ Cryer. And then outside of that, Jonathan Chamachacha will float Thombo on the inside. They won't be uh, available, at least at least from what's been listed. So from an, from an inside standpoint, Armando, Armando Baycott, that's a time for him to really be able to shine. I still think Baylor's physical to the point that they're going to give him a tough game and maybe still come up with the win. But I think UNC has a really decent shot with their size and activity level if they can get past Marquette to really be a big threat um, to Baylor. The matchup I had on my docket, though, was Texas versus Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is coming in with all the momentum right now. Um, while Texas, Ryan, I was really hype about Texas after all the work they did in the transfer portal, in the coaching office, and everything during the offseason. But they have just been a, a lackluster team all season long. And I feel like that is a scary set of circumstances when you're looking at a Virginia Tech team that's definitely playing some of his best basketball. Kevin Aluma has been a force inside. I fear for Texas genuinely. Like I genuinely because I think that Virginia Tech is just riding a certain high that I I wonder if Texas is really built to slow down. So it's gonna be interesting to see if you know Chris Beard can really institute some of the the mental toughness that he's had for some of his uh past teams and help them get over this hump because Virginia Tech's gonna be coming in with a chip in their show on their shoulder, even with the momentum they're coming in with. I'm going to transition to the upset picks with with this matchup because I think this is not only the most interesting matchup in the in the region, but I also think this is the matchup that I think will cause an upset. I think that Virginia Tech is for real, Jalen. I said this in the first four and first four out episode when we were picking when we were looking at the teams from Joe Lunardi's predictions. Virginia Tech is just a really sneaky ACC team. They did not have a great start to the year, but they finished out strong. They won the ACC championship. Great front court with Kevin Oluma and Justin Mutz. Hunter Couture was a sniper in the ACC tournament in the ACC championship game. I think he was a uh, he he hit six of seven threes. He went off for thirty one points. You know he he was just he's just a great shooter for this team. And the thing is for Texas, like there's consistency and then there's inconsistency with this team. You know, earlier on the season, they had some continuity issues. I'm not completely sold on Texas right now. And it's a shame because this team is loaded with talent. But Ace, I'll transition to you on this one. What is your upset pick for the region? Yeah, I think, I don't think there's any like, you know, 13, 4, you know, 14, 3 type upsets. You could, you could be, you could be, you know, whatever and pick Indiana over St. Mary as a 12, 5. I mean, I guess technically that's an upset. You know what I'm saying? But anytime you got, a team out of the Big Ten, like Indiana with Trace Jackson Davis coming in at the 12. Like, I think, you know, if they beat St. Mary, I don't think that would be much of an upset, you know. But So I'm going to go with San Francisco and Murray State, even though, again, I don't think that would be much of an upset if it happened anyways. And I will say that I think it's, it's a travesty that they have these two teams playing in the first round. I think both of these two teams are two of the best mid-majors in the country. And I would like to see San Francisco play another high-major team or even Murray play another high-major team um, in, in that seven ten matchup, you got two of the best mid-major teams, maybe the best two mid-major teams in the country. Obviously, outside of Gonzaga, I don't really consider Gonzaga mid-major. Um, you know, playing each other in the first round of the NCAA tournament, man. So it sucks, but we're gonna get two of the best coaches in this entire tournament. And and Matt McMahon and Todd Golden, both of those coaches are brilliant. You'll probably see at least one of those guys, maybe even both of them, get a high major job this this uh, this coaching cycle after the tournament. You know, ends up and everything, but. 
that's going to be a hell of a game. I think Jamari Bouye is, is outstanding uh, for San Francisco, man. But so is Tevin Brown for Murray State, man. So that, that, that guard matchup is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and this is going to be a hell of a game, man. Like, like I, I really can't call it. Um, but I, I think just, just from a strictly seeding standpoint, like if if um, if Tennessee were to excuse me, if Murray, if San Francisco were to win that game, technically I guess it would be an upset. So I think I think that, that's, that's going to be that might be the best game in, in this region. I think you know out of all the games to watch, that might be the most fun game uh, out of out of all of them. So I think that that's one that I, I'll probably go with. Yeah, I'm really excited for this matchup. I think Murray State and San Francisco both have potential to make the Sweet 16. I actually was talking with Jalen about this because I think that there are a lot of mid-majors uh, that could end up making the Sweet 16. I actually predicted that 10 of the 16 teams could be mid-majors, So, uh, especially with how deep the uh, mid-majors are this year. But Jalen, what is your upset pick for this region? I'm not super confident in this one, bro, but just – Purdue versus Yale, bro. Something about that game just looks sketchy to me. Purdue on defense is they don't go on a soul. Oh my goodness! I mean, gee, I mean they they really scare they really scare me to be honest. That's one of those things that really gets me. Uh, Travion Williams is really good. Sometimes I feel like he falls in love with his skill set a little too much. You, you can tell that he tries to get those, you know, behind the back passes off. And he's a really strong rebounder, but and he's a guy that plays with really strong energy. But it's a guy who who almost plays like he knows he's trying to raise his draft stock. You know what I mean? Like he's one of those guys that I feel like needs to show off all his tools in his uh, in his bag. Um, Zach Eadie's a guy who I fear for throughout this entire tournament because I am not sure what kind of whistle this man's gonna get. I have no clue on a night-to-night basis if they're going to treat that boy correct. So that's another thing. I mean, at the end of the day, Jaden Ivey is that guy, and he's going to be a projected top five pick. And I think that's enough talent alone between those three, just those three alone, to uplift them over Yale. But that that lack of defense – and their coach has been speaking on that all year about them needing to guard up if they want to be a legitimate threat. Yale puts up points, bro. I mean, that's one of those things. I, I, if it turns into a shootout, I think Purdue still has the talent to outlast them. But their their lack of defense, it's going to bite them at some point. I don't know if it's in the first round. But that their, their inability to really, like, hunker down on the defensive end is going to catch them lacking. I would say Purdue versus Yale in the first round is worth keeping an eye out on if you're looking for, like, uh, a really, like, underrated uh, potential upset pick. I think Purdue is maybe the most boom or bust potential team in the NCAA tournament because you don't know what you're going to get with this team. Last year, they lost it in the first round to North Texas. And this year, they, they do not have a strong defensive team, like you mentioned, Jalen. And I think that this is a this is a under-the-radar upset pick. So I think that's, that's what makes this matchup so interesting. But who do you have coming out of this region? Ace, I'll start with you. I'm going with Kentucky. I just don't trust um, Baylor. And going back to what you were what you were talking about earlier, Jalen, they um they're gonna be without uh, Chama Chachua, probably gonna be without LJ Cryer. They will have Flo Domino. Um, okay. he, he's, he's been playing. Um, so, but I just think without without LJ Cryer, without Jonathan Chama Chachua, it's gonna be hard for them. I think they might lose in the second round to to whoever wins that North Carolina Marquette game. I think Marquette would be would be a more. I think I think Marquette has a better chance of beating. Them. I think I think I just, I don't really trust North Carolina to be honest with you, but. Um, <laughs> I also like UCLA. I think they got a pretty decent draw with, with Akron and then potentially, you know, IU. I'll be a hell of a round 32 game um, if, if that ends up happening. Or even even with St. Mary's, the West Coast, the West Coast stuff going on. But I think Kentucky is the best team in the region with Sheboy and Kellen Grady and Ty Ty Washington, Severe Wheeler, especially if, if, they, if both of those guys are healthy because obviously we know Ty Ty and Severe have both dealt with injury issues this year. But if those two are healthy, you know, I, I think I think Kentucky is definitely the favorite to come out of this region. So, um, if I had to pick one team, I, I think it would be Kentucky. But look out for UCLA, man. Those guys, you know, come come alive in March, man. I think I think this 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 is their time, and they have a pretty good draw, in, in my opinion, um, to get back. Jalen, do you agree with Kentucky? Yeah, man. I I've had Kentucky favoritism a lot of the year. They're a team that I've I've leaned on as a, a scary squad. Sheboy has you know lived up to everything he said in the offseason, talking about wanting to be a twenty and twenty guy. Not a, not exactly twenty and twenty, but he was pretty dang close. SEC Player of the Year as well. And when Ty Ty is on, I mean, one of the most interesting stats I ever heard was that like Ty Ty is like seventy percent 
from the floor when he's like 15 and in. This is a dude who's pretty much automatic on floaters and around the basket. Severe Wheeler has been a really good floor general for them. Can turn the ball over a little bit, and that's where things get kind of sketchy. But I think in March, fast-paced basketball teams, I think, tend to really thrive when they come out swinging early. I think this is a really good chance for Kellen Grady to really assert himself. We've seen bits and pieces of him unleashed throughout the season. I think this is a perfect opportunity where they're going to kind of let him let it fly. I, I believe in Kentucky. You mentioned it earlier, Ace, talking about just Baylor, even in that second-round matchup between either North Carolina or Marquette, putting them on upset alert. I think that Baylor is just in a lot of trouble with the draw they got. UCLA is obviously the secondary pick if I had to pick a backup, just out of the fact that, like like Ace said before, they just – last year they showed us a lot of grit that I don't think we really expected from that UCLA team. And so I don't I don't think they're necessarily um, the same team overall that they were last year. I know that the personnel is, but I think they're, they're a different team now considering they also had to play through a full year of high expectations. But if I got to lean, I'm leaning on Kentucky one, but UCLA, I, I still would favor them over Baylor to come out of this region. I'm going to stick with Kentucky on this one. This is actually the first time I'm agreeing with you guys in terms of uh, win, picking the winner of the region. I just think Kentucky is for real this year. Oscar Sheway is a double-double machine. And I think Kellen Grady's the X factor with how well he's been able to shoot the, shoot the three this year. Closing things out with the Midwest region, Ace, I will start with you. Most interesting matchup in this region. I think most interesting matchup in this region – Hmm. I'm going to go Iowa and Richmond. Now, I'm going to pick that one because I think this team, this is a Richmond team that just won the A-10, the A-10 tournament championship to get to March. They have a, a host of fifth and sixth-year guys um, in, in Grant Golden, Jacob Gilliard, um, Nathan Kao, and Nick Sherrod. And those guys um, hadn't been in the tournament in, in their careers, and obviously it's their first time at it. And those are a group of guys that have been, you know, been through, been through a lot over the course of their, of their college careers, man. They finally got over the hump, won the A-10, and got to the tournament, man. And they're a team that's old, they're experienced. Um, they're playing with house money right now. They're playing some great basketball. I had an opportunity to see them down in D.C. at the A-10 tournament. Um, and just the way that, the way that, that they um, can play offense, but they also can guard. Um, we know Iowa is, is probably the hottest team in the country right now coming up the Big Ten tournament uh, championship win. And obviously Keegan Murray is – in my opinion, probably the best player in college basketball right now, um, just with the, with the way he's been playing over the past, you know, month or so. Um, that's going to be a hell of a game to watch, man. I, I think I think Richmond and a lot of people are kind of sleeping on just because of the fact that Iowa has been playing such great basketball right now. But that's going to be a really fun matchup to watch. And I think just because Richmond had the experience of guarding, like they held Davidson, who's a top ten offense in the country, um, this this Sunday in the eighteen tournament, they held him thirty seven percent shooting from the floor and thirty three percent shooting from the three point line. Anytime you can do that. It's an elite offense like Davidson, man. That, that that says a lot about you know just just you know your grit and you know the 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 basketball that you're playing right now. So I wouldn't count them out um in that game again against Iowa. I think it's gonna be a really fun game to watch. Jalen, what do you think is the most interesting matchup in this region? Man, Providence versus South Dakota State, bro. I've been high on Providence all year, and they sold me in the Big East tournament. And now they get the draw against the best three-point shooting team in, in the country, bro. Like, that is, that's one hell of a draw to get in the first round. South Dakota State's the best three-point shooting team in terms of percentage. They're one of the best offenses in the country. I think they're, like, second um, in points per game. And I think they're, like, first in offensive rating in the entire nation. So that's one of those matchups that, I mean, I think the thing is, Providence has been so good at pulling out games when they when they win close if games come down to the final two minutes within two points or with or within a possession or two providence has gotten over the hump because they have the the veteran leadership and they have the play of some some guys who have really stepped up this year but i think south dakota state has the potential to really shoot them out of the gym so i think i'm going to leave with my guys because i've been with providence all year but I fear for them against South Dakota State because, like I said earlier, teams who can play at that kind of level on the offensive end and shoot the rock like that in this winner-go-home scenario, you just never want to see them early on because they're only coming off of being hot in South Dakota State, you know, another one of those teams that's just really dangerous on the offensive end. I think the most interesting matchup is Miami and USC. I think with how surprising Miami has been the entire season, I think 
Charlie Moore's just been a defensive menace for AC for the ACC the entire season, especially against Duke. He had seven steals against Duke in their upset win, and that definitely solidified Miami's season early on in the year. Um, but you look at the other side with USC. You know, you have Isaiah Mobley, Evan Mobley's brother, Boogie Ellis. He's been a great transfer guard from Memphis um, at U- USC this year. I think there's just a lot of interesting players in this matchup that I think can have a huge impact. But looking at the upset picks, and Jalen, I'll start with you on this one. Who are you picking as your upset uh, in this region? So the upset pick to watch, this isn't really a great one, but Miami versus UNC, 7-10 is always kind of sketchy, but I really like Miami um, this year. Um, Watch out for Isaiah Wong. He's been a guy that's kind of fell under the radar for this Miami team. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for him to really put on. I think them versus USC. USC has been really good uh, on both ends of the floor. But I just – I really like Miami so far. Again, I mentioned South Dakota State earlier, but I'm rocking with my guys, so I can't put – I can't bet money on that one. But the other one I would have to watch out for, like I said, is Miami versus USC. I would probably take Miami to get the, uh, get the win on that one. Ace, how about you? What, what is your upset pick for this region? I don't, I don't love a lot of upsets in the region. The one that I would go with is South Dakota State. Um, I, I think if I had to pick one, South Dakota State has the best chance to beat Providence just because just because of the way that they shoot the basketball. Man, they're an elite, elite, elite offensive team. Um, I think this game is going to be one on, on, on the three point line. Man, obviously we know South Dakota State is the best three point shooting team in the country at forty four percent, and Providence is top. You know, they're, right now they're fifty seventh in the country in defending the three point line. They only allow thirty one percent shooting from three point line. So. If Providence guards the three-point line, they can stop South Dakota State from, you know, taking and making a lot of threes, then I think they'll be able to win that basketball game. But obviously, it's easier said than done. But I think, you know, Baylor Shyman and Douglas Wilson are two, like, they can hang with, with, with Providence from, from, from a personnel standpoint as far as, you know, Baylor Shyman might be the best player on the floor in, in that game. Um, and I, I think him as well as Douglas Wilson are two guys that are going to be able to get there. People talking about, oh, Justin Minaya is going to lock Shireman up. I'm not buying that mm. one bit. Like, no. I ain't buying that one <laughs> bit. Like, I'm not saying Shireman is going to go out there and get 30, but he's not going to go out there and shoot five for 20 either. You know what right. I'm saying? So, that's going to be a hell of a game to watch, man. I think, it, like I said, it all comes down to the three-point line, man. If Providence can, can guard the three um, and, and top South Dakota State from taking and making threes and keep them out of transition as well, I think they'll have a good chance to win that game. I'm going to go with South Dakota State as well over Providence. I think this is just really tough because Providence has been so good this year, but they just have had a lot of close wins. And they've just been – I feel like this this is a team that has a lot of boom-bust potential as well in this NCAA tournament. Also, South Dakota State on the country's longest winning streak this year, 21 games. And you mentioned, Ace, how well they've been able to shoot the three. I think that's just that's just going to make them even more of a dangerous team. But who do you have coming out of this region? Ace, I'll start with you. Yeah, this, this region is a little bit tough, man, just because I think that there's there's some – like Auburn is a great team. They've struggled. Kansas, you know, I, I question their point guard play. Iowa's playing incredible basketball right now. Wisconsin has played great for a lot of the year, but I don't know if Johnny Davis is healthy. So if I had to pick one team, whew, this, 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 this is probably the toughest reason to predict, man. But I think I would go with – I think I would probably go with Auburn. I think they're, they're the most complete team. Obviously, I think they have questions at the, at the point guard spot as well with Wendell Green. And if you get good at Wendell Green, then then I think this team could, 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 could win it all. But Wendell Green is not, you know, good at Wendell Green. And they could go home, you know, in the second round or in the Sweet 16 and they match up with somebody like Wisconsin. So – you know, I, I think that this team is, is, you know, one of the most Jekyll and Hyde teams that we have in the bracket. But I think you have Walker Kessler, who's probably the best defensive player in the country um, this year. Um, obviously, Jabari Smith is probably going to be number one pick in the draft. If not number one, he'll be, you know, top three for sure. Um, obviously, I think I – think, I just think, that, you know, that team is well coached with Bruce Pearl. He's been he's been in the Final Four before. Um, and they're just really tough, man. So I think if I had to pick one, I think it would be Auburn. But this, this is certainly the hardest region to pick because there are a number of teams that, you know, are kind of Jekyll and Hyde and, you know, that they could come out of the region. So I'm interested to see who you guys are going with. Jalen, who are you going with as the winner of this region? Yeah, man, I'm going with Iowa. I, I, first of all, I picked a lot of top picks already, so I want to pick one wild card. But I don't even think it's that wild. I mean, Iowa's been playing really well. 
Um, the momentum is in their favor right now. They've taken down some big, uh, some big teams on in route to get into the tournament. And Keegan Murray is that guy, bro. I feel like in this region, him and Oshay Abaji for Kansas, they're the two guys that I feel the most confident in this entire region. Where if you give them the ball in the final five minutes and tell them that they need to make plays in order to help you pull out a win, they're probably the ones. Johnny Davis is a wild card, but again, his injury concerns is what makes me a little worried. But I, I mean, you, as far as individual talent, this league is just this, this crazy. Is Jabari yeah. Smith, Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis, Oshai Baji, like that, like they have, they have four of the best players in the entire country. In that one region, like it's it's, yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. All of those guys are projected top twelve, top fifteen guys too, right? So I mean, there's going to be a lot of opportunity to see a lot of like NBA level tape in terms of we talk about matchups. So I mean, when you talk about Iowa, like the fact that they have a supporting cast that really can shoot the ball and play defense on the perimeter, um, and then they have a guy like Keegan Murray that they can throw the ball to on any given possession to give them a basket. Jordan Bohannon's been really solid for them as well. The McCaffrey boys have been uh. Been solid, especially on the especially on the defensive end, I think as well. So I just gotta go with Iowa. I like Kansas, but Iowa is like one of the hottest teams in the country right now. Like I said, when you when you add that to the fact that they have a guy that you can just throw the rock to in the final two to three minutes and say, "Get us a bucket, take us to the promised land." Keegan Murray not only has done that on a consistent basis, but he's done it in some really high leverage moments. Wisconsin is the X factor to me, man. If Johnny Davis is on one. Some of his best games have come against the best competition throughout the season. If he's if he's up and ready to go and he's really on one, Wisconsin is one to be messed with, but is one not to be messed with. But I'm going with Iowa to come out the region. I'm going to agree and go with Iowa. And this is a team that I have been a fan of the entire season. I really wasn't I really wasn't sure what this team was going to look like after Luca Garza left, but Keegan Murray has really stepped up in his place. He's become one of the top scorers in the country. I think he's a dark horse for National Player of the Year. I'm just worried about the supporting cast for Iowa because, again, I think you know supporting cast has to step up in this kind of an environment. And last year, Iowa didn't make it past the second round. They, they ended up losing to Oregon that year. I'm worried that this team won't make it past the second round either, but I have a lot of faith that Keegan Murray's going to step up big time for this team. Jordan Bohannon's going to step up big time for this team. I think Patrick McCaffrey could have a couple of big games here and there. But this is the most unpredictable region out of all of them because there's a lot of teams that you could pick as a winner. Closing this episode out because, again, this was a really fun episode. We got to break down the March Madness bracket with all facts again. Ace, do you have anything to promote? Um, shoot. I mean, I, I mentioned we had Luke, Lucas Harkins on the uh, on, on our podcast this week. We're gonna drop the episode either today or tomorrow. Um, so once we once that one drops, definitely tune into that. It's gonna be a super fun episode, breaking down just a lot of the qualms that people had with the with the, with the um with the selection committee as far as seating location. He's really smart. He had a lot of information that I didn't even know about. So I'm definitely tuning into that. It's gonna be dropping this week, and then our final mid major rankings of the season are, are getting ready to drop soon. So definitely stay tuned to that, and then. We're doing a bracket challenge, an all facts media bracket challenge. So make sure you guys tap in, get your brackets in. Uh, the winner is getting $100 in an all facts media hoodie. So you can make as many selections as you want. And, uh, you know, may the odds be in whoever's favorite. Ace, before we let you dip, bro, who you got winning the chip? I'm going with Gonzaga, man. I, I think this year that Mark Few gets it done, man. Obviously, he's, he's, uh, he's gotten close a, a number of times, man. Been in two national championship games and lost. I think I think I think third time is the charm, man, for Mark Few. I think this year he's gonna get it done. I think we could potentially get a get a Gonzaga Arizona national championship game, which you would, you would get Mark Few going up against his former assistant and Tommy Lloyd, which would be a, a whole lot of fun. So if that happens, it, it would be a crazy game. And those are two of the best teams in the country, so that would be a great game to watch as well. But if I had to pick one team, I think I would I would go with Gonzaga for all the marbles this year. Yeah, I got I got Gonzaga. I think Iowa. Iowa's the sleeper for me. That's the sleeping giant that I got kind of hanging in the winds. Uh, Ryan, your picks before we get about uh, get out of here. Who you got winning the chip? I'm still gonna stick with Duke. I think that they have the potential to make it to the finals. They they have a tough road to get there though. And I know I mentioned you know I'm a huge fan of Davidson right now, and I think that they can make a lot of noise in the tournament. I think that a win over Coach K could help their case out for being a contender for the national championship. But 
I'm a fan of Duke right now. And if Duke can make it to the national championship in Coach K's final year, if some of these younger guys can prove themselves and, and move their draft stock up like Paolo Bencaro and A.J. Griffin, like I mentioned earlier, I hope Trevor Keels has a big game too. But yeah, I think that's that's who I'm going to go with. All right. Well, this has been a solid podcast. Ace, really appreciate you, appreciate you hopping on the pod to talk some NCAA hoops with us. Obviously, we got to talk to you as the tournament continues. And at the conclusion, you know, we got to do a revisionist history because this is this is the second time we got to take a look back and see what we got right, what we got wrong. So definitely looking forward to doing that. Ryan, get us up out of here, bro. Transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, which team do you think is a dark horse final four pick? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk Podcast. Of course, make, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple. You rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. We will see you guys next episode. Peace.